This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg. And real cheese folded over the side, looking just so good. Mm-mm. Grilled onions and a butter bagel, too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mm. I participate in McDonald's. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. Friar team outfitting needs. Call Chris at 708-478-6090. Mariska's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. And Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. The puck has dropped. Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show with 670 The Scores' Jay Zawoski and NBC Chicago's James Naveau. That's right, Blackhawks fans. This is the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast postgame show coming to you immediately after a four to three Blackhawks comeback victory over the high and mighty Ottawa <laughs> Senators. Patrick Kane with the game winning goal in overtime. Brent Seabrook with the game tying goal in regulation. All sorts of fun was had by everyone in this game. And Jay and I are both here to talk about it, which didn't didn't happen a whole lot last season. Um, we decided that this podcast we would do together to celebrate the first hockey game of the season and Jay I I just want to hear your thoughts like straight up like how did you feel watching that game today was it exciting was it kind of meh seeing some of the mistakes that were made how are you feeling right now well I because of the outcome I feel a little bit better because the Hawks got two points and despite several uh mistakes several lapses they probably deserve to win that game uh Cam Ward let's let's start in that Cam Ward Started off a little bit shaky, but then towards the end of the second period and, and throughout the third, made some huge bailout saves for the Blackhawks, including a, a breakaway stop in the third period. Um, I wrote about it for 670thescore.com. You and I have talked about it a lot, too. What is, like, how is this team going to be competitive, right? What are the things that needs that need to happen for this team to be competitive? And one of the keys that you and I both agreed on is they need their star players to bounce back and have star seasons. Well, you saw a goal from Jonathan Taves. You saw a goal from Brent Seabrook. You saw a goal from Patrick Kane. You also saw a goal from Alex DeBrinkett. Those are the guys you're counting on to carry this inexperienced team. And offensively, they did that. Now, the things I did not like about tonight's game, to me, were the unforced errors. There were a lot of turnovers. Like Jonathan Taves in the third period Almost springs the Senators on a breakaway with a blind pass on a power play. Uh, Nick Schmaltz pulling up at the blue line in the third period. Eddie Olchek was very critical of him for that. There were a lot of Eric Gustafson had a bad turnover in the second period. Uh, there were a lot of 
mistakes from guys you're counting on to not make mistakes. So while the offensive side of things were good, if you have, you know, guy, look, Eric Gustafson is probably right now your number three defenseman. You can't have him turning the puck over at the blue line just willy-nilly on a power play. That can't happen, right? Uh, Jonathan Tay's near turnover, near disaster can't happen. Once those things get shored up, and I'm confident they will, again, it's game one with a lot of new faces, um, this team could be kind of fun to watch. I still don't think they're great. I still don't think they're a playoff team, but they've got some offensive firepower, and I think we're going to see a lot of high-scoring games from the Blackhawks this year. Yeah, high scoring in a <clears throat> excuse me in a good way and a bad way right. because it means they're going to be giving up a lot of goals, but they will be scoring I think quite a bit too. I thought that that Alex DeBrincat had a really solid game, like you mentioned. Definitely saw him all over the place. I was also impressed. I mean, how could you not be with Patrick Kane with two points in the game? Had six shots on goal. I had isolated him kind of as a guy to watch in this game today simply because of how well he played against Ottawa last season. He had seven points in two games against the Senators <laughs> Is that last good? year. So, <laughs> yeah, clear, clearly something about playing Ottawa. I don't know if it's their skill level. I don't know if it's the red jerseys make him see, you know, goals or whatever. The fact like, they suck. <laughs> yeah, Patrick Kane just seems to enjoy playing against Ottawa. And he had it again tonight. He had a really nice assist. That Brent Seabrook goal, that entire play was just a thing of hockey pornography because it started out with David Camp forcing a turnover on the back check. Beautiful play along the boards. Patrick Kane ends up going behind the net, makes a nice little move by the crease to get behind the net and to get open. And then Brent Seabrook to have the ability to see that play develop and to pinch in when he did just a great play by him too. And then the shot to beat Craig Anderson, like it was just this beautiful hockey moment. And it was something that we've basically been waiting since April to see, you know, like it was just so awesome to see the Blackhawks execute that play so flawlessly I just I really appreciated it. And then, oh, yeah, one other minor thing on that play, too, is Marcus Kruger got to the front of the net as well. Like it was just everybody contributed in some way to that goal. And it was really well done by the Blackhawks. And obviously the turnovers have to get cleaned up. I did not wasn't impressed with Eric Gustafson tonight. Didn't like what he was doing out there on the ice with the turnovers. You mentioned Jonathan Taves had a bad one, too. Between that. Nick Schmaltz losing 11 out of 14 draws. Those were the two things I did not like, but there were some really good moments too. And I thought that Patrick Kane did a really nice job kind of taking the initiative in the third period when Joel Quenville was double shifting him. And I thought that he had a really nice game tonight. Yeah. And that's what they're going to need. If they're going to be, if they're going to compete at all this year, they're definitely going to need to have those star players. Like we said, take over. Um, as far as the lineup goes, uh, Luke Johnson in, um, Dominic Cahoonan, that's not a surprise. David Kampfin, did anything, you know, maybe ahead of the game stand out to you as anything that, oh, that was sort of unexpected, or is this sort of the lineup you imagined you'd see as the uh, season got underway? I, I kind of had a sneaking suspicion that Davidson would be the odd man out in the uh, defensive lineup, at least tonight. I kind of figured that they would want to give Gustafson and Manning and Ruda and Yokoharju, Yokoharju, sorry, I, I noticed tonight that both Pat Foley and John Wideman seem to have gotten a memo that is Yokohar U. So I'm going to try to do my best to make sure that I'm pronouncing that right. But they wanted to make sure that those guys kind of got 
you know, a good amount of ice time tonight, and they all did. I noticed that Joel Quenville kept pretty much everybody's time on ice relatively similar right in that 18-minute or so range, with the exception of Duncan Keith, obviously, played 25 minutes in the game, played a lot of uh, ice time. But I thought that Joel Quenville pretty much went with what I expected him to go with. He gave Saad, Schmaltz, and Kane kind of a you know, game together to see what they could do. Uh, gave Marcus Kruger some time in the beginning and then really dialed him back toward the end. I think out of everything, that maybe surprised me a little bit. And then was it really particularly surprising that this team already had a bad break with Anton Forsberg going out <laughs> in morning skate and then Colin Dahlia having to rush in there and almost not make the start of the game? I mean, that was – I just thought that was a great, like – Blackhawks microcosm right there was their backup goaltender sprinting to get to Ottawa to make sure that he was there in time for the game. Yeah, very typical. Well, I think, you know, this season, for what we expect, two points are two points. It's a bad team. It's a team you want to beat up on. And at the end of the day, you get the two points. It's an Eastern Conference opponent, so you don't have to worry about them getting the extra point. Um, so far, so good after one game. Again, I, I didn't see anything tonight that's really changing my mind on the long-term health of this team, but these star players are star players for a reason, and you could see them maybe have a little bit better of a year, and it gives you a little bit of hope. One thing I want to mention before we wrap things up, Pat Foley, throughout the preseason and early on in this game, had like a audible annoyance with some bad plays where he'd be like, oh, there's a turnover, shot it high, like where you can hear the frustration in his voice. Already. Already, which is fine. I, I get it. Fine. I'm not going to be mad at him for being critical and being honest and, and expressing how he feels. But then they come back from the break in the third period, and he says, there's Joel Quenville trying to prove the so-called experts wrong to think he won't be a, a, a playoff team. Nobody's picking the Hawks this year, and he's trying to prove them wrong. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, you just spent the entire preseason and the first two-thirds of the game, you know, being critical of the team. Maybe not directly saying this is bad, but with your voice and with your, I guess you'd say, I can't say body language because you can't see them, but with, with your yeah. inflection, exactly, you're showing that you're disappointed. You're showing that you're unsatisfied. Then you're going to question people whose job it is, like you, like me, like Scott Powers, like whoever, who whose job it is to have a an opinion of the team. You're going to like go with the old air quotes haters sort of thing. It's not about hating. It's not about like doubters or whatever. We saw last year. We saw the free agent moves this year. There's nothing to indicate that there's going to be anything much better this year. So I don't think it's a hate thing. I think it's people like trying to stick it to the Hawks or make uh you know uh hot takes or anything like that i think people honestly at best are wait and see on this team and after struggling to put away what will be the worst team in hockey in the ottawa senators uh, i think it was kind of an odd thing for him to do towards the end of the broadcast in the first game of the year i don't know it was just I, it just struck me as odd after i'd actually made a note that i wanted to mention to you in our next long podcast the way foley had kind of been like clearly upset about the the play on the ice for mm -hmm. him to get for him to do that late in the game kind of it was odd it was weird to me yeah and then all of a sudden he like turns about face and is like oh well all the doubters think the blackhawks are gonna be bad and i was not treated to the pat foley show this evening i ended up listening to 
a good chunk of the game on the radio. So I did get to listen to the best in the business, John Wideman, do his thing. Man, that guy, I wish I could be as good at anything as he is at announcing hockey games. Like, I'm not, like, being facetious or anything. I really do think John Wideman is spectacular. I love listening to him. Um, Great guy, too, by the way. What's that? Really good guy, by the way, too. Yeah, he he seems like it, honestly. Like, I know that, like, you don't really, like, know some of these guys. They could be good guys. They could be douche canoes. But Wideman, <laughs> I've never had the pleasure of meeting him, but I would get the vibe that he would be a good guy. But I definitely, that's something I'll keep an ear out for moving forward with the Blackhawks broadcast. I'll see how Pat Foley's kind of dealing with the ebbs and flows of this team because God only knows we're going to have some really rough times with the Blackhawks this season. And it probably is going to begin on Saturday when they get a good, strong test with St. Louis and then follow that up with a home game against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Sunday. It's going to be quite potentially a humbling weekend. It's going to be really interesting to hear uh, fully during those games. That's definitely something I'll have to keep an ear out on because John Weideman was just smooth as silk as always, just calling the action and, Really, you you can never really tell, like, if the Blackhawks are having, like, a bad stretch or a bad season. Weidemann's just always bringing that energy, so I definitely appreciate that about him. Yeah, he's he's a consummate pro, and Troy Murray, I think, uh, also a very good dude, Troy Murray. Um, I actually produced those games when that tandem came together, when Weidemann and and, uh, Troy Murray became the radio team that started on the score. No one remembers that because the Hawks sucked back then. And I, produced... I remember listening to games on the score. I don't remember hearing executive producer Jay Zawoski. I'm a really, uh, I'm a bad podcast partner for that. <laughs> well, you didn't know me then, so it wouldn't stand out. But anyway, like working with those two was a lot of fun. And Troy Murray, from uh, he was obviously there before John came on, on board. But from then to now, he's grown into a really solid color analyst. I really like what Troy does on the radio, um, just sort of painting a picture of things and, um, you know, I, it's hard to describe hockey on the radio because it's such a visual sport. They all are, but hockey especially is, you know, it's constantly in motion. So it's hard to describe. And I think mm-hmm. Wideman and Troy Murray do a great job. All right, let's wrap this bad boy up. We're 15 minutes in. Thanks, everybody, for listening to our first postgame podcast of the season. The Hawks beat the Ottawa Senators 4-3 in overtime. Patrick Kane with the game winner uh, in overtime. So the Hawks take two points. Two valuable points with, like James said, the Blues and the Maple Leafs coming up. Points will be precious all season, so you have to get those ones that should be on the easier side, and they did that tonight. So for my partner, James Naveau, I'm Jay Zawoski. We have been sponsored by Chuck's Southern Coverage Cafe. Visit chuckscafe.com. Marishka's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. And Triple Threat Sports for all your team outfitting needs. Call Chris at 708-478-6090. This has been the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? 
I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal.